0: Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around St Albans and from further afield. Now, the campaign group Insulate Britain have been hitting the headlines and blocking the roads for weeks. and Many of the roads that they've been blocking are near to St Albans and they're used by listeners. And many of the protesters are from our district too. I've heard the national press coverage of their protest, but I thought it would be good to hear things straight from the horse's mouth. So I've spoken to local man Craig Scudder, spokesperson for Insulate Britain and an eco-house builder himself. I started by asking him to tell us a bit about his fellow Insulate Britain campaigners.
1: Yeah, we've got a few protesters who are actually uh, local citizens of St Albans and the surrounding towns and villages. We've got a cross-section of people. I mean, you know, when you hear Boris describing us as crusties and trustafarians who are living on uh, mummy and daddy's inheritance money, that's just so far from the truth. The the people I've met are retired members of the clergy, electricians, a guy that works for the homeless in the north of England, a housewife, uh, just absolutely a a cross-section of people from uh, all walks of life. Now,
0: let's just talk about your campaign. The clue's in the name, obviously. You want uh, insulation in British houses. But what are your specific asks?
1: Our specific asks are that the government insulate all social housing by 2025, and then come up with a, a meaningful statement and plan to insulate the rest of our leaky housing stock by 2030.
0: Right. And why have you decided to campaign on this? I mean, there's you know, I'm just thinking you could be campaigning about bringing forward the date for the ban on the sale of fossil fueled cars or, or something about flying. W- why did you decide to campaign on this?
1: Yeah, we could, we could absolutely. Well, the, the reasons are, are numerous. Firstly, home heating accounts for about 15% of our CO2 output in this country. Um, secondly, our homes are among the leakiest in Europe. Thirdly, it's, it's just a win-win. You know, a number of things that we are going to need to do to solve what, is, what Sir David King has called the biggest threat that humanity has ever faced. And so for those of you who don't know who Sir David King is, he was the chief scientific advisor to the Blair government. He said we've got three to four years, and what we do in those three to four years is going to determine the future of humanity, and the society that we love is at risk if we don't take immediate action of being totally destroyed over the coming decades. So we wanted to pick an action that wouldn't have a a negative impact on people's lives. You know, if you ask people to stop driving, um, which, you know, we are going to need to drive less, um, to not get on an aeroplane, to eat less meat, there are numerous other things that we are going to have to face. But this is just a win, right? We we are the six richest country in the world. 95 people a day, every winter, die from fuel poverty. That's just an absolute disgrace, isn't it? So if we can insulate this housing stock, not only is it going to cut people's energy bills by maybe 90, 95%, but it's going to stop these 95 deaths a day. It's also going to create probably somewhere in the region of three to 500,000 really skilled jobs around the country. If Boris wants to level up Britain, this is a golden opportunity for him to do so. It's also the cheapest way, pound for pound, for us to cut our carbon emissions. The cost-benefit analysis that have been done on this suggest that for every pound we spend, and this is away from all the societal social benefits, right? This is away from the lives it will save, the financial benefits. For every pound we spend on this, we will get back three pounds, 10 pence. So it's an absolute no brainer and it's something that the government should be willing to issue green bonds, um, long-term guilt to fund, because it will pay for itself over the next 30 years. By the time we hit our 2050 on our target, this will have paid for itself, repaid all the green bonds and have a surplus. You know, it's just, an, a, a, it's a no-brainer. It's an open goal, Amanda. That's why we've picked this.
0: Okay. Now, I spoke to a friend about this and she, she was actually very supportive, but she says, what do you need to do to have a well-insulated house? What 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 are the things specifically that we'd all need to do?
1: Okay, well, first of all, we need to stop burning fossil fuels to heat the homes, right? So So that means that we're going to have to install air source heat pumps ground source heat pumps as our heat source but what we also need to do is make sure that we're not wasting the energy so firstly we need to insulate the walls the ceiling loft space roofs depending which kind of construction unit you live in possibly replace the windows and doors depending you know a lot of people now have double glazing most people who live in a cavity wall building now have the cavity wall insulation but some of that will need to be done and then when we make your house better insulated and, and more airtight, you're probably going to need a mechanical ventilation system as well installed. Now, this isn't going to be cheap to do. The government are throwing 20% of the money at this that they're throwing at building new roads. They're throwing 2% of this, of the cost of HS2, is, is building a railway that's going to cost between $1 and $200 billion, that now, because people are zooming after, after COVID, is never going to pay for itself. More important than saving 95 lives a day and cutting 15% of our carbon footprint.
0: So I take it that the recent announcement that the government's making $3.9 billion available in grants for uh, heat pumps and insulation, that you don't feel that's
1: adequate? It's just so funny, isn't it? So if we said, right, we've got 29 million housing units in this country and it's 29 years to... 2050. So we need to sort out a million homes a year. Just the heat pump grant aspect of this, um, these government announcements, is going to pay for 90,000 homes to have a new heat pump. That's a third of one percent of all the houses. That's a joke, isn't it? And it's just th- across the board with all. To be fair
0: to them, Craig, I think their idea is that by providing these grants to start off with, this will kickstart the air source, heat pump economy and reduce the price so actually people can pay for their own?
1: It's too little too late, though. You know, if, if we were in 1982 now and they were coming up with a policy like this, then, then maybe. But we, we haven't. We You know, as I've said, sorry to go on, Sir David King, three to four years. The minimum we need to be doing is committing to doing five million houses in the next five years. That's a minimum. The money being offered by the government is absolutely laughable.
0: So that's what your campaign is about. Now let's look at um, your method of protesting. Why on earth did you think that it would be a good idea to glue yourselves to major road junctions?
1: It's funny, but some of the interviews that we've had, we've been accused of not micro-targeting um, people first. You know, Well, why don't you go and, 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 and to the Department of, uh, of Energy and why don't you, uh, you know, protest at outside Pretty Patel's house? We don't really want to protest outside people's houses. But when it comes to micro-targeting, we have micro-targeted all the government departments that should be getting a grip with, with this issue. We have micro-targeted the leaders of all the main political parties. But people don't know about that, do they? It doesn't make the news. We know from the Gilets Jaunes protests in France a couple of years ago, from the, uh, the petrol protests here 20 years ago, from the anti-fracking protests and the effect they had, that direct action, disruptive action works. We don't want to do it. You know, I, I don't, there are 120 people who are going out day in, day out, and sitting on roads to, to get this topic on the news. Uh, and nobody wants to inconvenience other members of the public and make people late for work or hospital appointments or, or what have you. You know, n- none of us want to be doing that. But we, we can't get uh, the media space that we need. Unless we disrupt, you know, it's terrible, isn't it?
0: So have you been one of those people sat in the middle of the road? Can you tell us what it feels like, particularly when you first get into position and you've got traffic coming
1: towards you? Yeah, well, I haven't, Amanda, personally sat in the road on this. So I can only tell you secondhand from the, the friends I have who have been on the road, how terrified they are, how they've sat there in tears. There are stories of intimidation. One of our local residents was actually pushed by a motorist in a car. It is really upsetting. It really is upsetting. I, you know, I've been picking people up from police stations and taking them home afterwards in the evenings. Uh, and, and it's really traumatising for, for everybody involved, but that's how much they care about the future of our planet. And a lot of these people don't have children. You know, they're, they're, they're doing this for other people's children. I I'd offer my cap to them. You know, they're very, very brave people.
0: Okay. So we've seen on the telly, many I motorists. Do you get any supportive motorists? Do you get any people who get out their cars and say, you know, well done?
1: Yeah, we do. I mean, that isn't covered. It's funny, even when it comes to interviews, the right-wing press are really covering this in some detail. And they're kind of stoking it a bit as well. So in the last week or so, the attitude of the motorists has changed a bit because the, the right-wing radio programmes, etc., I've been stoking the fire. There are, there are motorists who are very supportive of what we're doing. There are.
0: Okay. You mentioned Boris Johnson and the irresponsible Krusty's comment. You've spoken about that. Grant Shapps, the transport minister, said that he thinks your campaign is downright dangerous and counterproductive and that you must call off your reckless campaign forever. Even Carla Denia, the Green Party co-leader, um, she said that whilst there's a place for direct ang- action, Insulate Britain were not necessarily doing it in the most constructive way. I mean, what do you say to those comments? And in particular, the idea that your campaign might be counterproductive?
1: Well, firstly, Grant Shapps, let, let's start with him, shall we? Because we have been on the Highways Agency each time that we're we are undertaking one of our protests uh, and suggested that they do what they they do for other accidents on the M25, etc. that they lower the speed limit and they, they won't do it for us. Yeah, it is dangerous for the, peop- for the people going out in the road. It is dangerous, absolutely. Is there an element of danger for the motorists? P- possibly a little bit. We, we cannot get our voice heard by going lobbying, uh, micro-targeting. It just doesn't work, Amanda. It's really unfortunate that we've our hand has been forced to do the actions we're doing by decades of government inaction.
0: Okay. And, and how about the idea of being counterproductive, the fact that you're making people hate you or putting yeah, people no. against your campaign?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. People, people are angry, and rightly so. But everyone I know supports our aims. And I, I could now go and talk to people who, six weeks ago, wouldn't have had a clue about how leaky our houses were. How this is a necessity to cut our carbon footprint by fifteen percent. How it's going to create three to five hundred thousand new jobs. You know how it's going to stop ninety-five deaths every day in the winter. People are now aware of this issue because of what we've done. Yeah, I've had to deal with social media abuse, um, as a lot of the other spokespeople have, and a lot of the protesters. Oh, I don't care. It's bigger than that. If if you feel angry at me for highlighting an issue and caring about the future of the planet, I, I just feel sorry for you, really, because. I know that the penny will drop one day with all of us, whether it's in a year or three years' time. Everyone's going to have that moment where they go, you know what, those guys were right. I should have done more then. Is it too late? Because I'm now going to get involved.
0: Okay, now you've suspended what you've called your campaign of civil resistance until the 25th of October and you're awaiting a response to your letter to Boris Johnson in which you've asked for a promise that your government will take the lead needed to insulate and retrofit our homes, that it will get on with the job so that families can feed their children and keep their homes warm. Craig, why do you think we're not doing this?
1: Because we can't afford to. I mean, one of the issues is still ongoing is the, the building standards we have for new houses. You know, in 2006, the Chancellor gave the industry 10 years' notice that in 2016, we were bringing in new home building standards, which was phasing out gas boilers, basically making, making houses fit for the 21st century. And in 2015, when David Cameron got his outright majority, he put a line through it. We are still building 250,000 homes a year and putting gas boilers in them. That they are probably getting a C on the EPCs, most of them, but only 1% of our new houses get an A rating on the EPC. Every single house built in this country should be getting an A rating on the EPC. No ifs and buts. I build houses. My houses get an A rating. It costs me 5% more to build them. I sell them for 5% more. Right? I'm a small builder. You do that at scale, there's no issue with it. Right? It's a different way of building. It's a better way of building. That would solve the problem. But each year, we make the problem worse. If Boris is paying to retrofit 90,000 homes a year and we're building 250,000 homes that are still not fit for purpose, you know, you can see how we got in this position, can't you? There are 7 million people in this country that live in fuel poverty. There are there are more people that, that, than that that live in rental housing. It's not up to you as a tenant to make the place better insulated. Why would I spend £10,000? making my rental house better insulated and the landlord could turn around and say, thank you very much, and, uh, oh, I'm ending your tenancy tomorrow. So, you know, there are, there are large amounts of people in this country that either because they're in rental or they can't afford it, they, they just can't get on and fix these problems. We need government help. It's, it's interesting. There was a thing on ITN last night about the Italian scheme to retrofit homes, and they are throwing money at it. They are giving grants of up to 100,000 euros, Right, to, for people to retrofit their homes, to do absolutely everything I spoke about earlier all the insulation, mechanical ventilation, heat pumps, new windows, doors, the lot. And you can get back 110% of the money you spend. You know, you can get a, a tax rebate um, every year for the next five years to, to make it worth your while to do it. And Boris is what, giving you five grand towards a heat pump, but only if you're one of the first 90,000? you know, it's rubbish, Amanda.
0: Craig, thank you ever so much for sharing that with us. I was talking there to Insulate Britain spokesperson Craig Scudder. Now, there's lots of strong feelings about the Insulate Britain campaign, so I'd be interested to hear your thoughts. Do send me them on Twitter at RV Environment or via the Environment Matters Facebook page, or you can drop me a line on Amanda at radioverilum.com. Now, whatever you think about the Insulate Britain protests, you might well be thinking that your home's starting to feel a little bit chilly as the weather has turned colder. And whilst you're thinking that it could benefit from some of the additional insulation that Craig spoke about you might not be sure where to get started. Well, help is at hand. Sustainable St Albans have got some great resources. Go to the resources tab on the Sustainable St Albans website and select the 16 counters in steps. One of them is Insulate Your Home and if you look there, you'll find links to some great websites, some real life case studies to show what's possible and also information about their thermal imaging cameras that they have to lend out so that you can see where heat is leaking out of your house and so know where to focus your actions. Also, take a look at the podcast page of RadioVerulam.com. Now, if you search for the Countdown to Cop series of podcasts, you'll find a whole bunch of interviews carried out by Nick Hazel of Rad- on Radio Verulam in the morning. And in one of them, he speaks to Judith Leary-Joyce, who talks about how she grappled with all sorts of issues to make her own house super insulated and cosy. And you'll also find out the podcast where I spoke to Nigel Harvey, a local man who's fitted an air source heat pump in his house, and he tells us about his experience. I'll be back at the same time next week, but until then, thanks for listening.